Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward and today we are going to talk about a subject that I think is a little misunderstood in the lifestyle and it's something that people can be very passionate about on one side or the other and the goal here today is not to try and convert anyone to thinking one way or believing another way but just to simply talk about things and and just try to bring a little bit of a general understanding of a subject that is uh, often a little little misunderstood. So that's the goal. The goal is to kind of take the passion out and just uh, talk about just the facts and try and give just uh, perhaps a very simplistic, brief introduction if this is something that is new to you and hopefully dispel a few myths along the way of about what is poly. Um, poly is something that is seen fairly often in the lifestyle from people who have more than one partner, want more than one partner, um, all sorts of different ways to look at it. Um, poly is also something that is misused within the lifestyle um, by misused. Um, a common example, and I don't mean to pick on pick on dominance, sorry, sorry, doms, but um, I'll pick on you a little bit here. Um, but typically uh, the most common misuse of poly is the dominant who tells their submissive they are in a relationship, a poly relationship with their primary partner and their poly. And unfortunately, that other partner has no idea of a poly being a part of it and or the submissive. So it's kind of used as cover for cheating. So that's probably the most common misuse. Um, so today I just want to try and talk about poly to bring kind of an understanding. And if it's something that's new to you, provide some terminology that um, is often used with people who are poly. Even if poly isn't for you, it'll help you to understand them and their relationships. So poly comes from Greek and Latin. It's a combination of, of, of two things. It's not all Greek and it's not all Latin. Um, the poly part is Greek and simply means many. And the other part of polyamorous is Latin for amor, which is love. So basically it's many lovers. And when you hear many lovers, people immediately go to and think of a sexual component, and that is not always the case. Um, people who are poly and partnered, it doesn't mean that they have a sexual relationship or a sexual component to their relationship. They could just be emotionally connected as partners and, and not share a sexual component. Another thing that is fairly common um, with it is you'll see people refer to themselves as ethically non-monogamous or consensually non-monogamous. And once again, people tend to immediately think that means that this person or people are poly. And that may not be the case. It just means that they are not monogamous and they do it in an ethical manner. Um, they could be in an open relationship or perhaps a part of what is called the swinging lifestyle where they involve themselves sexually, um, sometimes even with deep friendships with people, but they don't love 
those people. It's a um, a physical. It's non-monogamous in the fact that they are engaging in in sexual relations with other people that are not their not their primary partner, who they love and emotionally are monogamous with, but they are non-monogamous in the sexual sense with others, open and honest and consensual about it. So a very common way to see that in the lifestyle would be, once again, we're going to pick on the dominance. And it doesn't have to be. It could be a submissive as well. Uh, I've seen it both ways. But one partner enjoys being shared or sharing their partner, um, possibly for sexual play, or even possibly in the realm of sharing them for lifestyle play, which may not include sex, but can be for many people, just as intimate or even more intimate than sex. So there is a difference between being ethically non-monogamous and poly. If you are poly, you are ethically non-monogamous, but poly takes it that additional step in that there's a relationship there's that goes beyond friendship or the possibility of that happening. So a poly person is loving more than one person, basically. Uh, it is not cheating. Um, sometimes that's a common misconception, especially online. You hear a lot of people when they hear somebody say they're poly, they immediately judge them as being somebody who is behaving unethically, unethically and, and cheating. And that's definitely not the case. It shouldn't be looked at as a red flag that this person or people are cheating. Now, just like any any you know monogamous relationship poly people can cheat some do cheat unfortunately um and it's just like a standard monogamous relationship where the other person is unaware of what is going on and that is cheating and it happens within monogamy and it happens within within poly as well um and there are other people who look at poly and is typically people who are are polyamorous the, um, excuse me, um, should have had a drink of water there, I guess. Um, but they look at polyamory as a sexual orientation, just as being straight or pansexual or bisexual. They, they feel that, that being poly is, is a sexual orientation. Once again, that's not to say whether they're right or wrong. It's just, it's just how they look at it. And so just be aware sometimes that people do feel that poly is, a sexual orientation and uh, needs to it needs to be respected just like anybody else's who identifies however they do sexually so since this is kind of an orientation to poly and we just finished talking about sexual orientation um, let's take a minute and get the uh, get a word from uh, the podcast sponsor out of the way and we'll come back and continue to chat about poly all right. Thank you for listening to that uh, brief message and welcome back. So once again, we're chatting about poly and kind of talked a little bit about ethically non-monogamous versus poly and how they kind of fit together. Another area where there is some ambiguities with people or sometimes people get easily confused between being polyamorous and um, polygamy. Um, polygamy is being legally married to more than one spouse. It could be more than one husband. It could be more than one wife. It could be more than one husband and wife or, you know, however it fits. Um, 
however you look at it, whether it's fortunately or unfortunately, um, or you're somewhere in the middle, it is something that is not legal in most places. The reason why it was outlawed um, primarily has to do with protecting women um, from those religious doctrines that are out there. Some religions have them where men are allowed to have multiple wives and men being men abused women and their wives and to take advantage of this. So, of course, laws were passed um, to regulate this. And also, of course, it, it does go against um, conservative values um, or, you know, a century ago, even values that um, were, were commonplace and commonly held. Um, so don't expect this to change, even though being poly is something that is getting much more open, much more accepted. It's still not, it's still not to um, a point where things are probably going to change with the legality of it. Um, the Solomon Islands does legalize, does legalize it. Um, so if you, you know, want to have two husbands, you know, you may want to consider a move to the Solomon Islands um, or become, here's another option, everyone becomes a resident or citizen of Sweden, then goes to the Solomon Islands, gets married, and then when you go back home to Sweden, um, Sweden does recognize poly marriages that are performed elsewhere. So if you got married in the Solomon Islands, Sweden would recognize that and treat your marriage just like a typical monogamous marriage. Uh, it is a felony in the United States. Um, however, if you live in the great state of Utah, imagine that. Um, but in Utah, it is a, you know, it's illegal and you could, you know, get in trouble for it. But the trouble you would get in is the equivalent of getting a traffic ticket, like you were speeding or you went, ran a red light. Now, however, I would imagine that since Utah is a very, typically a very conservative place, if it was, say, a husband, a husband, and a husband, they might be looking for ways to do more than just write you a traffic ticket. But that's my own personal belief, and um, I know we said we were going to not be trying to take some of the uh, passion out of it, so I apologize for kind of letting my personal beliefs come out there, but um, I just sort of couldn't help it and sometimes my filter does get a little uh a little clogged and things come out and that's one of those times but being poly and having multiple people in a loving relationship is is not illegal anywhere at least not anywhere like US Canada Europe it's it's not illegal and um the drawback is is Laws around marriage provide certain protections, whether it be um, in the United States, for example, your spouse cannot incriminate you or doesn't have to share a conversation with a court that happens between husband and wife. Um, another area where you wouldn't have legal protection would be um, unfortunate times like um, making medical decisions for someone that you love if you're poly, if you're not legally their spouse, you would not necessarily be able to make those decisions or 
at the unfortunate end of life, um, once again, there are certain provisions that people who are married are entitled to that those who are unmarried, unfortunately, are not entitled to. So it can present problems. And if you are going to, um, you know, engage in a loving long-term poly relationship, it is best to um, find an attorney who specializes in it. And they are out there. Um, and if you are looking for one, uh, the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom um, has a handy tool that would be able to help point you in the direction of finding, finding whether it be legal help to possibly even a therapist to help you improve your, improve your partnership. So that's just a resource that's out there. And, um, just like many things the poly itself is not, um, it's not standard. It's not cut and dry. So when you hear somebody say that they're in a, in a poly relationship, their relationship is probably different than the next person that you meet who is in a, in a poly relationship. So while this isn't going to be a complete list of the kind and not every poly, poly partnership is going to fit within these categories or descriptions, it's, it's a good starting point, especially if you are newer um, to understanding the different, uh, different styles or types of poly relationships that are out there. The first one is where there's a hierarchy. And typically, and, and once again, I'm, I'm, this is typically... Um, there's always a typical, um, there's a primary couple involved who most likely live together. Um, they could be very, they could be married, you know, have the combined finances. They may very well have children and to the vanilla world, it would seem very much like a typical monogamous relationship unless they're open about being poly. But, but most times, unfortunately, because of the way society is, it would be something that would be behind closed doors. Um, so to the rest of the world is going to appear very normal, very husband wifey or husband and husbandy or wife and wifey. However, however, it, you know, it, whatever relationship would typical appear, um, in, in the hierarchy, they typically have rules for their secondary relationships, um, that, that they've agreed on before they enter into those, those other relationships. In some of those relationships, um, one partner has the ability to veto, and by veto, it's they're not uh, they're not president and uh, and uh, disagreeing with some legislation that's come their way, but they feel that the other partner's budding or secondary relationship, even if it's established, is somehow negatively impacting their their relationship with their with their primary partner. And so they are vetoing that relationship, meaning that the other person has to end the relationship because they have decided that their their primary relationship is the most important. And when that happens, that other partner has the ability to to put a veto out there and terminate that secondary relationship. Um, another area where you see hierarchy in poly is here in the DS lifestyle. It's a fairly common thing to see um, where you may have, and, and we'll use the typical, the way most people in DS, when you hear poly, typically think of the dominant with, say, two submissives. And in that case, one submissive may be the alpha submissive, 
and that submissive would have the ability to delegate or to basically kind of be the dom to the other submissive in the absence of the dominant. So there would be a hierarchy. The dominant rules the roost, so to speak. The alpha submissive is the next one in charge, and then the submissive below that would have to follow the direction of both the dominant and the alpha submissive. So that's another area where you see poly with a, with a definite hierarchy. Another type of uh, poly, which is which is fairly common, is common. Uh, in fact, um, I want to say just the other day, but it was probably more like three to six months ago, um, I was having my commute home listening to NPR, and they actually had a story about a uh, new story about a poly, a poly triad, and they practice what was called kitchen table poly. And what that means is that everyone involved in the relationship can sit down at the dinner table and, and discuss their relationship, problems, positives, you know, give advice to the other partner. And it's something where everyone can reach out to everyone. They can feel comfortable talking to other partners directly. They don't need to go through one partner to get to the permission to go to the other partner. It's it's very much a, um, I would liken it to a, a, you know, a large family or a, not necessarily large, but a family where, where you can reach out to whoever you need to, to talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. And that, that is something that is gaining traction and probably is one of the most common types of poly that is, that is out there. Um, another one that is sometimes confusing um, to people, especially who are new, and this is called a monopoly relationship. It is actually quite simple. What it means is that in a relationship, you have one person who is poly, one person who is monogamous, and the monogamous partner realizes that the partner they love is poly, and so they have agreed, and it's consented to, that the the poly partner can have other partners while the other partner chooses to stay strictly committed and stay with their partner who just happens to be poly and has other partners. So it's mono, but it's poly. Um, sometimes in DS you will see that where you have one partner who is, say, kinky, and the other partner is is vanilla, and the vanilla partner doesn't want anything to do with the lifestyle, but understands that their partner that they love and cherish needs to have the DS lifestyle. So they allow their other partner to pursue a poly relationship to have that need met. So that's a way where you would see monopoly in DS. Another, uh, another style of, um, poly relationships is called a quad. Um, being a skier, the first thing I think of when I hear the word quad is a chairlift that holds four people. But in this case, we're, we're not on a chairlift, and, but it does involve four people. Typically, a quad is poly, an existing couple that is poly, and they find another couple who is also poly, and the four people come together 
to form a relationship. Now, sometimes in those relationships, it's one where everyone is loving, intimate, and sexual with each other. And other times, it can be very different combinations. Um, if we took an example of using a typical straight couple, male-female couple, and the men loved the women, the women loved the men, and while the women loved each other, they were straight, so there was no sexual part of the love between them. It's just the emotional bond. So that would be a, an example of a quad-type relationship. Now, the next type of, of poly relationship styles is something that when I first saw this described, I thought that it was referring to somebody who was single, but knew that in relationships going forward that they would want to be poly. However, it's was a complete misunderstanding on my part, and it's called solo poly. And what that means is that the that the person or people involved in the relationship, um, they typically live alone, even though they may have multiple relationships. Um, they most likely probably don't have the traditional relationship goals that most of us think of when we think of a relationship. You know, they don't typically have the, okay, we're going to move in together and then uh, we'll get engaged and then we'll get married and we'll have kids. That's, they're not looking for a typical relationship. They enjoy having their own space. They enjoy living the life, living life as a single but partnered person and partnered with more than one person. So that is, that's what a solo poly relationship is. Now, another one that, that comes up next is going to be something that I'm sure everyone has heard of, um, and that is the triad or the thruple. And this is just like, you know, in all the TV or movies that are out there, it's three people who are in a partnership. Um, it's very common. It's something that if you are active on blogs or, or fetish or DS websites, you see probably people looking for this all the time, an existing couple looking to add a third to the relationship. And if you didn't know, um, if the couple that is looking for the third is looking for a woman, they are seeking a unicorn. Um, that's because finding a woman who wants to join a relationship with an existing couple is, is quite a challenge. It's like finding a unicorn. And don't, don't worry, guys. If um, you are a guy looking to join that kind of a relationship, there's a, there's a name for you. You're a dragon. Um, so if you are a couple looking to have a unicorn join you or a dragon, then you are looking to form a triad or a thruple. And another, another common style of relationship in a, uh, in a poly setting is called the V. And what it is, what is a V? If you can imagine the letter V, um, you have one person who is at the bottom of the V. And um, they are in a relationship with two people who are kind of the tops of the V. And since the V goes apart from the bottom, that signifies that the, the common factor 
is the one person. The other partners don't touch, they don't interact. Everything goes through that one person at the bottom of the V. So typically in a V-style relationship, the one person is kind of the, the, the glue holding, holding it all together. Um, the, the other two individuals that are involved in the relationship, they, they may be friends um, or they may not even know each other at all. And they may not care to know each other at all. Um, the, everything goes through the V. If, if one partner has an issue with maybe the amount of time that they're having with, with their, you know, with their significant other or feels somehow that there's an issue, um, it flows through the one person to the other person. There's no, in a V, there's no, no real contact or contact between the two partners as partners, everything flows through that, that one person at the, at the bottom of the V. Um, sometimes this is called a parallel poly, um, because the, the other two partners kind of run in parallel lines. They don't ever, they don't ever touch, they don't ever interact. So if you have a V style relationship, one partner is going to be the primary conduit of information between the partners. And once again, in the DS lifestyle, Typically, in a V-style poly arrangement, the bottom of the V will be the dominant partner because they are going to want to have the control and lead the relationship. So in a DS relationship or in a DS poly relationship that is V-shaped or parallel, the dominant is going to be the one that is the conduit of information between, between the two partners, the other two partners, excuse me. Okay, so that's an overview of the different, general, different types of, of poly relationships. And remember, every relationship is unique. Um, and that was not the end all and be all list of styles or types of poly partnerships. But it's a it's a great starting point. And you will find that just, you know, just like everyone and every relationship, they're unique. So what is, you know, what one one partnership might call a V, another might, it might seem more like a hierarchy to you, but everyone is unique and don't expect every relationship to fit neatly into predefined, you know, predefined boxes. Um, but it's, it's a good starting point to understand that there are different, uh, different styles and different ways to, to have a poly relationship. And you can, just like DS, you can make it your own, which is which is an amazing thing. Now, there are a few more terms I'd like to talk about. Um, there won't be a vocabulary test. There won't be a, you know, you won't have to remember definitions. There'll be none of that at the end. But I think it's important to kind of cover some other terminology that people who are poly will often use, and it will help you to understand what they're talking about, and especially if it's something that might be of interest to you. So the first, the first thing is what they call an anchor partner. Um, and in a lot of times, this would be considered like a dominant partner or a dominant relationship. Um, but it's not, it's not in a hierarchy. The, the, the anchor partner isn't above anyone in the relationship, but they are kind of the partner that is perhaps the glue that if things get bumpy, they, they're the glue that holds it together. So 
kind of related to the anchor partner is also called a core partner. Um, the difference between an anchor and a core partner typically, and once again, these are all typically typicals, and not everyone is going to fit this, even if you know they identify as an anchor or a core partner or anything else. These are all just generalizations. Um, a core partner is very much like the anchor partner, but typically lives with, cohabitates with um, their partner in the poly relationship. Um, and often that that cohabitation and that partnership is a, you know, is a, is a life partner. Um, so the core partner is typically the person that's been there through thick and thin and will be there through thick and thin. And perhaps a secondary partner or secondary partners may come and go. Now, this next next term is kind of one for the birds, and it kind of makes perfect sense. Um, a nesting partner, I think, would be quick guess, would be the partner that lives with the other partner. Um, oftentimes, a nesting partner is a primary partner, um, but not always. And since we just said primary partner, um, that what is a primary partner? Um, typically, a primary partner is something that you see or hear used in a poly relationship that does have a hierarchy. And just like it sounds, the primary would have either the highest priority um, in the hierarchy. You know, they'd be they'd be the general on top, um, or possibly it it means that they are the longest member, the longest partnered partner in the partnership. Well, that's a lot of a lot of partners in there. But they would either be the primary or they would they would have been involved the longest. So that would be how a primary partner is is defined. Now this is kind of a little bit of a little bit of a mouthful, but a uh, monotypical. And that's a term that you will hear typically used by poly people to refer to what is a traditional monogamous relationship or the concept of that is out there, which is um, not so much a lifestyle concept, not so much because DS people typically are more open-minded and don't necessarily hold this value, but in the vanilla world, in a monogamous way of thinking. Um, there are many people who are vanilla who kind of have the I licked it so it's mine mentality when it comes to relationship only. Well, I mean, it can involve licking, I guess, but it's a um, kind of the concept of sexual ownership, the vanilla way of thinking of, okay, I am sleeping with having sex with this person. Therefore, we are in a relationship. And because we are having sex, I am a priority and I can kind of lay claim over this person in not only their personal life, but in other areas of their life because we are together, because we are having sex. And while that's definitely not the case in a outmolded way to look at things, um, many people in the vanilla world do see the world that way. So when somebody says monotypical, that is what they're referring to, the old-fashioned way of, you know, I licked it, so they're mine. 
Um, another term that is out there is called relationship escalator. Um, it's not uh, not going between floors at the airport, but it is the concept of building a relationship up towards certain goals. Um, oftentimes, poly people use this kind of tied to that uh, that monotypical narrative of I licked it, therefore it's mine, because it's very much a monogamous way of vanilla monogamous way of looking at the world. You start out dating and then you move from dating to dating exclusively. And when that goes well, you, you move in together and boy, that's going well. So you get engaged, then you get married, then you have kids. Now, not that you have to do that in that order. I mean, Lord knows people do it, do it in all sorts of different orders, but it's a um, way of that sometimes the monogamous people who are monogamous approach the world. It's a very step-by-step and you want to build and there are goals to build. And there are people who are poly follow a similar thing because they want to, they want to build towards certain goals and have certain goals in mind for a relationship. And it's, it's not saying that that's good or bad. It's just, it's, it's what people want and how they, how they go about doing it. Now, the opposite of the relationship escalator is what is called a relationship landscape. And it's rather than starting at point A with a goal of getting to point B, it's sort of looking at a person's relationship or relationships and seeing it as, as a landscape rather than how do I get from point A to point B um, there's no higher or lower points. There are no goals or there's steps. It's basically enjoying, enjoying the view and, and taking in the view and allowing the resources that are there to grow into whatever they want to grow into. It's seen as a more flexible approach to building, exploring a relationship rather than having a series of defined steps to get from point A to point B. So it's just a different way of, of relationship building. Now there's another term which is very helpful, whether you're monogamous or poly, um, but it's very important if you are poly, and it's called new relationship energy. And it's something that we've all experienced. It's that time when you just start dating a person and, oh, man, they are some kind of wonderful. You can't get enough of them. You want to talk to them day and night. You, you know, every spare second you glance at your phone, you hear it vibrate or feel it vibrate. And, boy, you hope it's a text from from that amazing person. And you're just all wrapped up and excited about all the possibilities. That's new relationship energy. And it's great. And it's something we've all experienced where it becomes a potential problem or an issue is if you're poly, you have other partners. And so this new relationship energy can cause your existing partners to feel possibly left out, perhaps maybe even a little bit jealous. So it's something that, that if you are poly, you need to be aware of that you're experiencing this. Your partners need to be aware that you're experiencing this. And oftentimes, people who are poly 
knowing new relationship energy and knowing that it happens, they go out of their way during this time to dedicate extra time and attention to their existing partner or partners so that they don't lose that connection to their existing relationships while they're building a new one. So that's that's new relationship energy. Another term that you'll hear a lot in around people who are poly is called a polycule. And that's just the simple term for the people that are involved in a poly relationship. Three or more people, you know, that that are all in a relationship, whether it's a V or hierarchy, you know, there's a hierarchy or they're parallel, whatever. It's just the people involved in the relationship. All right. Another another term is called polyfidelity. And what that is, um, is just when people involved in a poly relationship decide that they are very content with the people that are in the relationship and nobody in that relationship wants to pursue or bring in new partners. Um, oftentimes you will hear that called a closed poly relationship, meaning that just, you know, like it says, it's closed. They do not want, nor are, nor is anybody seeking new partners. They are going to just continue their relationship with the people that are involved. Very, very simple thing, but it's important to understand when somebody says that they, especially if they're in a closed relationship, poly relationship, it means that they are not looking and even if you are interested in them, the relationship is closed. You're you're not going to gain entry. So that's important to know. And there's another term here, which I think is important that whether you're poly or not, um, that you consider, um, especially if you're involved in the lifestyle, and that's unlearning. Unlearning is just, just exactly what it sounds. Um, but since most of us come from a background where we were, you know, raised monogamous, raised to think about uh, relationships with just one person, finding that one person and having happily ever after happen. And all those thoughts and dreams the vanilla world puts out there for us, what unlearning is, is just being able to have an open mind and realizing that, um, that, you know, there are non-monogamous ways to have a relationship and also to understand that if you are wanting to pursue a poly relationship that those non-monogamous lifestyle habits um, will have to be adjusted as you go forward and learn to deal with things that are different in poly so whether you're poly or not I think it's good to to look at what we have learned and what we've been conditioned to think of as traditional relationships and, and do our best to open our mind and to unlearn and to accept that people do it differently and they do it, do it amazingly well differently because it works for them, even if it's not for you. So I think it's very important that we keep in mind that uh, having an open mind means that we have to at times, unlearn things that we have already learned. Now, within the DS lifestyle and, and people who may be just exploring DS or just kind of exploring some of their kinks, um, not really looking for a, you know, a DS relationship, um, but are involved in DS, you, as you 
come into contact with more and more people involved, you will run into more and more poly people. I think it's important that we not assume that when you hear poly, that you also assume that they are involved in DS or they're kinky. A lot of people who are poly associate with people involved in the lifestyle because it's a very open-minded place. It's a safe place for them to be them, even if perhaps they don't share the same kinky pursuits that other people here do. It's a safe place that they can be open about how they love and who they love, which is fantastic. Also, another assumption that when people hear poly and then DS, I think all of us at one point when we heard those words assumed we were talking about a dominant who wanted more than one submissive. It's a fairly common thing to to kind of immediately picture in one's mind. However, that's that's definitely not the case. There are many people who are poly and involved in DS who are not dominant um, or, I mean, monopoly is a perfect example. You know, the poly person is exploring DS because it's a need. There are other partners in, in, interested in DS or interested in having another partner, but they love their partner enough to allow them to explore and to have, have that DS partner. So it's not about a dominant having multiple submissives. And I think that's a very common misconception that we need to throw out the window. Not only not, that, not only do you have that thrown out the window, but I have to say that I believe that all of us in the lifestyle um, do need to look at people who are in successful poly relationships. And whether we're poly or not, they have lessons we can learn from because being involved in a poly relationship takes the ability to clear, clearly communicate on so many things and, and to communicate effectively with your partners. Their communication skills have to be fantastic. They, I mean, they have to communicate on boundaries, what is, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. You know, can you do this with a person? Can you do that with a person? Can you, you know, they have to be able to clearly communicate on boundaries. Um, they have to agree on so many things to make it functional and to work and talk through many, many hard adult conversations have to happen. And then on top of that, there's scheduling. I mean, we all know how busy our lives are. Now imagine that same level of busyness in having two partners um, or three partners. There's going to be scheduling. There's going to be scheduling conflicts. How do you handle it if one partner feels they are not getting the time that they need? And and how do you talk to your other partners about the one partner that has the scheduling issue? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a complex thing to solve. And another area that life is life is people have kids. So how do you handle kids and poly? Um, are you going to live under the same roof? Are you going to have separate households? How, how do you handle that and, and do it effectively and still, still be a great parent? Um, it's definitely not something that, that is easy. So I think 
there are so many skills, especially on the communication side and being able to handle and work through disagreements that um, people who are poly have amazing, amazing skills and skill sets that they have developed to, to handle all, all of those things. Um, a bit of a word of a word of warning with with poly, especially online and dominance. Uh, it's something that you see a lot of newer dominance that well, not only have they discovered DS because you know they they cruised Reddit for twenty minutes yesterday and thought, wow, this is really cool. They also discovered poly thirty minutes later, so they want to be dominant and they want to have multiple submissives and they're new. Um, that needs to be a red flag for submissives because, boy, it takes a lot of learning to become a dominant and to become a dominant who can effectively lead their partner. And then when you throw in all the complexities of poly, it's something that, that is not an easy learn. And, of course, with something like that, there is an exception to the rule. If you have a dominant who is newer, but perhaps they have had existing poly relationships or are in existing poly relationships. So they've got the poly side down. They're just new and being honest and upfront that they know they're poly because they are poly and have been practicing poly. Um, then, then that's a different story. But sometimes you see the, the uh, I don't know whether you'd call it new domitis or rookie domitis, where it's just a new dominant who um, is like, a kid at a buffet of their favorite candy they're just going to town and can't get enough of it and, and think that they need more than one submissive so that can be something kind of a as a red flag to watch out for um, and once again if you're around the lifestyle you're going to uh, you're going to interact with you're going to meet people who are a poly and this podcast wasn't designed to try and convinced you to try to be poly or convince you that poly is bad and not for you. What I wanted to do was just, just talk about some of the generalities of poly, what some of the terms mean, so that when you encounter somebody who's poly and, you know, they state that they are in a V relationship with their partners, you understand what, what V means. Um, or they say that they're in a poly relationship and and you know they're they have a nesting partner you you know i mean that that you understand what that means or if they say that they don't have a hierarchy in their in their poly relationships you can understand what that means it was just to give a, a general kind of a very high introduction high profile or high altitude introduction to to poly because there's so much to it and so many so many misconceptions that I just wanted to to talk about it a little bit, chat about it, and hopefully encourage people to not be afraid of it. Even if you don't feel poly is for you, I, there's a lot we can unlearn from our monogamous, typical upbringings um, that poly can help us become better partners um, going forward, whether we choose to have one partner or multiple partners. So there's a lot to learn from Polly, whether you are Polly or not. So if you happen to be listening to this on Spotify mobile, 
I'd love to uh, hear your feedback, especially if you're poly or if you're not, you know, why you feel that that is a great fit for you. And if you aren't uh, perhaps up for for leaving some feedback, at least go ahead and uh, answer the quick survey there at the bottom of the episode. And for everyone else, I want to thank you for listening. Please don't forget to hit the follow button so you will automatically be updated whenever a new episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper comes out. I look forward to chatting with you soon and have a great day.